0: Hello, and welcome to the Heat Check Sim Show with your host, the real Sim Shady. I'm excited to share this highly anticipated episode containing my interview conversation with the top dog, the big kahuna, the overlord of the Heat Check community, Eli Betger. As many of you know, Eli is the founder of HeatCheckCBB.com, and he's the architect of the Heat Check Sim. I had a blast talking with Eli and I think you all will enjoy our conversation. In the conversation you're about to hear, Eli provides an update regarding the technical difficulties he experienced this week and how he has navigated that issue. He provides the Sims origin story. He explains how the coaching carousel works for those of you who are going to experience that for the first time. He shares some of the updates we can expect to see for season three. He shares his perspective on some of the ideas he's heard from users. He provides a little more detail on what goes into a recruit's decision regarding which school they will attend and plenty more. So without further ado, here is my interview conversation with Eli. Welcome to the show, Eli. I'm excited to have you on.
1: Yeah, thank you. This is uh, this is really exciting. I never would have guessed that I would be uh, the guest on a He Check Sim show, but it's pretty awesome. So thank you for setting this up.
0: Yeah, no problem. I yeah, I've been I've been pleasantly surprised with the amount of interest it's generated and things like that and i have a feeling uh that this episode might be one that gets even more interest or you know listens and activity than some of the others so looking forward to it i've got i've got a variety of topics and things that i've kind of put together that i'm excited to uh to break down with you and discuss with you so um yeah let's get into it um you know i guess the most yeah the most topical thing is there was a a bit of technical difficulties, I guess you could call it on your side in terms of the heat check simulation. Um, I know you, you provided a quick update on, um, from the heat check Twitter account, but for anyone who might've missed it, do you mind kind of touching on that and um, kind of explain on kind of what the next steps are?
1: Yeah, so I I mean, I knew this day was going to come eventually. That's kind of the reason why I wasn't necessarily panicked when it, when it happened. But the issue that happened over the weekend was just like any normal form i sent out uh what would have been at that time the season 3 sign up and team selection form kind of ironically and um i so i sent it out as i usually do um to all 352 people including myself and uh within a few seconds i got a bounce back error from from uh, one of the users and i thought that was kind of odd that maybe the the person had removed themselves from uh, the subscription or something like that so i wasn't really sure what to make of it and then within seconds i think i had 400 or 500 <laughs> emails of just bounce back errors oh my uh, god and and uh, i mean obviously at that point i was i well, I, I never like to be off the the 9 p.m. here, but the midnight deadline of the form, because then I I imagine a lot of people who do wait for that deadline are curious why the form hasn't been out or if they missed something, which is obviously understandable. So um, essentially what happened, and going back to what I mentioned earlier, the the way that this works, and it's kind of due to my shortcomings as I guess uh, it relates to technology and web developments, the reason that we have this on Google Forms, but what happened is... I'm sending out about a thousand emails, three t- or a thousand emails per week because of the SIM. And it's going to all of these accounts. And uh, I don't exactly know how the algorithm works with Google, but it kind of, you know, signals the sirens a little bit as seeing this Gmail account as a potential uh, spam threat, which uh, again, it, it makes absolute sense. Uh, if it yeah. if it weren't a uh, a, a game where we have 350 people involved, I would absolutely understand why that would look like a spam thread on paper. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of had a feeling that was going to happen at some point. I was honestly surprised it took this long because we've been <laughs> doing this for so long. But uh, essentially what I had to do is Google had uh, a little like FAQ thing at the bottom of the first bounce back email and said, that if you're trying to send out an email to a bunch of people, Uh, to try to make a Google group instead. So that's what I did. And I had the Google group invites out Wednesday morning and we've had, I think about 250 people so far who are able to hop in. And the only purpose for that, like that doesn't serve any purpose for the game, but it's just to, as I mentioned in the email for the invitation, it's just to make it so that it doesn't uh, have this bounce back error again uh, so that everyone's able to get their forms on time. So we should be good to go now.
0: Got it. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, yeah, I, I, like you said, it's kind of surprising it took this long, but um, kind of, I mean, it's good that you kind of had a plan. um, Sounds like somewhat in place and that you were able to execute pretty quickly. I mean, the timing of it is it's, it's um, unfortunate in one way, but also kind of fortunate in in another, because um, you know, with the March madness and everything, there was quite a few people that didn't have much to do over the last week. So they were looking forward to, you know, kind of getting uh, ramped back up, but at the same time, you know, if it would have happened like before the championship game results and we were, mm. you know, delayed a week for that, I think <laughs> I think that would have been kind of uh, kind of tough for some people, too. But um, but yeah, I mean, that, that makes total sense. I, I think, you know, I don't think anyone was probably too upset about it. They, there's no room for anyone to be upset about it. So, you know, if it takes an extra week, it takes an extra week. It's no no big deal on our end.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it should follow the same calendar once we're back up and running It pretty much just pushes everything back a week. And I wanted to give ample time for everyone to get situated. And I've had some people uh, reach out for some questions. I think uh, a couple people weren't able to join initially, but I think, uh, by and large, we're able to get this thing figured out, and like you mentioned, I'm glad it didn't happen during the pivotal stage. Or if it, if it happened during recruiting or something, oh, that would yeah. have been an absolute disaster. So uh, I'm I'm glad it happened when it did. So we should be back up and running pretty soon.
0: Awesome, that's great to hear. Um, so yeah, I know I know you've kind of you know explained how this thing got started on some other podcast appearances and things like that. But I think there are probably people that haven't heard it, and I think it is interesting to hear kind of from your perspective. Um, kind of how the idea came about and, you know, how much work went into putting the whole thing together.
1: Yeah. So I, I mentioned this on podcast, but I'm I glad that you uh, brought this up here for some people who aren't uh, familiar with kind of how this came to be yet. But uh, the way that I kind of embraced sports or I really got ingrained into college basketball was uh, I guess it started initially with video games and with things like franchise modes or dynasty modes, understanding how player movement works and how contracts work and things like that. And um, mm. that just kind of uh, it, it lends its way to what I did, I would say, middle school. Uh, yeah, elementary school, middle school age. What I would do because I was just I, I went from not being into sports at all to just completely geeking out over stats (laughs) and contracts and numbers and all sorts of things. And what I would do is uh, I would go to like a Walgreens or a CVS and I would buy uh, spiral notebooks and I would just fill it up with all sorts of information of uh, whether it's made up or real players and stats and scores. And I would make my own schedules completely from scratch of a variety of different sports. And, um, what it did is it really made me kind of push myself to understand how everything works uh, in a a variety of different sports, but especially college basketball with, you know, how non-conference is set up, how conference schedules work. um, What are all of the early season tournaments? What is, what is the process for bracketology and for seeding and everything? So I guess from that, I was able to, create the mold for what the simulation game is now. And while I was out in Charlotte, I'm originally from Seattle, but while I was out in Charlotte for my internship with Sporting News this past fall, I had, you know, plenty of spare time on my hands. uh, And I chose to spend some of that time kind of making this mold for this same simulation that we're playing today. And um, I mean, the, the game itself, I, I think the, the bulk of the game probably took a couple afternoons to make. Just being able to generate final scores and generate a schedule and some player names and things like that. Uh, that probably took, like I said, probably a couple days. But the the transition from that into incorporating everyone uh, to manage a team that that took a handful of days. And I think that was uh, an idea that I had. I want to say late March it was it was at least a few weeks after March Madness was canceled I I knew that I had something here a lot of people were hungry for obviously for March Madness but just kind of something to uh, distract us from what was going on with COVID-19 and and provide some college basketball fun for us so um, yeah I guess the bulk of the process was me just trying to figure out how to set this thing up to how, to have everyone manage a team, but uh, it, it came together and it's taken a lot of hours, it's taken a lot of time, but it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, no, I, I I mean this whole thing is
0: just incredibly impressive, and I like your point about you know it kind of goes back a-, a ways, and and what you did previously kind of forced you to get get a deeper understanding for how this stuff kind of works because I mean your understanding is comes through in so many different areas of the sim. I mean. Uh, You know, we were talking about on the last episode, the draft declarations process and like um, some of the trends that Radford's head coach had identified and, um, you know, what kind of goes into the players that choose to go pro and um, just incredibly impressed with, you know, the level of detail that that went into even, uh, you know, that one aspect of the simulation and just, um, you know, having all these different factors that kind of contribute to just that one aspect, let alone, you know, putting together. Uh, game scores um you know all the recruiting aspects the crystal ball everything that goes into that i mean um, like you said you're developing that understanding for such a long time has really lent itself extremely well to allowing the sim to operate extremely smoothly from the very beginning which um you know is extremely impressive and obviously you've added a couple things um like the crystal ball which have you know added another element to it that's been fantastic but um you know, from what I've, from what my understanding, it sounds like from the very
1: beginning, it worked really smoothly. So um, yeah, I, I I appreciate that. It's uh, it's, it definitely hasn't been easy and there's been a ton of trial and error. And i um, so often uh, I'm, I mean, I'm spending so much time just looking up how a certain Excel function works, just so I can <laughs> make sure that the game works properly. And um, I mean, there are plenty of hiccups that come along the way. Most of them, I would say are, you know shortcomings with technology and just not. I mean, I'm not. I don't have any sort of web developer background, and uh, as much as I would have liked to have had this all, you know, coded into the HeatCheckCBB.com website, it just wasn't. Just really wasn't on my radar, and so I've yeah. in a in a way, I've kind of created more work for myself by not having that kind of technical knowledge. But um, I I really find some enjoyment and creating this, not only to discuss it with people and to, to do opportunities like these to chat with you, but also just kind of season, just seeing the seasons unfold and kind of seeing the storylines you know, just make themselves. I think that's really the, the fun aspect to it. Definitely, yeah. And I mean, that's,
0: that's another point. So you, I know in the past you've mentioned, you know one of your main focuses at this point for yourself was kind of <clears throat> um, cutting down on the amount of work that goes into every sim cycle and making it a little more automated where you can. Um, Have you been able to make that transition uh, pretty effectively? Is there still kind of a ways to go on that end? Or, um, you know, kind of how much time do you think you spend on on the sim on a weekly basis? Uh,
1: Well, I think I I have, I feel like I've done a good job cutting down the amount of time and kind of streamlining uh, how the process works. I mean, when I was first starting this up, I, I ran a couple of seasons just on my own while I was out in Charlotte just uh, playing this game uh, on, on my laptop and it would take probably anywhere between 30 and 45 seconds to just compute one game and it would just be me entering you know the little scores into the spreadsheet cells and it, it went from that to now where I could I could simulate an entire season have standings have scoring leaders have strength of record I could do all of that in probably five to 10 seconds just just due to due to load time so that's one of the things but the the most time-consuming aspects of the sim i would say was building the schedule template to to where it is now we're making sure every team has the same number of games which is which is what i've wanted all along which i know doesn't have a parallel to college basketball necessarily, but it's, I, I kind of like the way that it's set up.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, That's the scheduling process. I mean, getting the protected rivals was something I really wanted to do for non conference play, but that in itself, I mean, I, I'd be lying to you if I said that that took under eight hours to just do the <laughs> yeah. protected non conference rival. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's fun. I, I would never complain about that. I only am frustrated when the technology does something that makes the process more challenging or if I'm unable to figure something out. But uh, I, I mean, I signed up for everything that I've tried to accomplish with it. And so there's some sort of fulfillment when I get the job done. But I mean, it's gone from probably, I I mean, multiple hours a day to now, uh, mostly the time that I spend on it is just making sure the cycles are correct. And uh, I mean, most of the things that we see on the spreadsheet have already been done well in advance. Like I have uh, a spreadsheet that is able to generate an 800 player uh, recruiting class in a matter of seconds. I can put together a full national schedule in a matter of seconds. So those are the types of things that really save the time that I have. And, and that's not only good for me. So I have time to do other things obviously, but (laughs) it also kind of opens the door for, you know being able to add more things onto the sim because I mean if I if I'm only using say 20-30 minutes a day on the sim then I that lends me some more time to to bring some new things into it that might be fun so yeah it's it's definitely cut down and I I won't complain about that but I'll always try to find new ways to make the sim better but while also kind of cutting down the time that I spend on it.
0: Yeah I mean (laughs) from my perspective it's definitely a, a relief to hear that you've been able to uh, make it a little easier on yourself because I could imagine, you know, if you're spending hours on this a day or even a week, um, you know, you could get burnt out pretty quickly. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to hear that it's not too horrible in terms of, you know, running it on a cycle to cycle basis. And so um, hopefully that lends itself to, you know, letting this thing last longer and uh, into the future. But um, one thing that you have you mentioned in the past was when you kind of started this thing out, you were surprised by, you know, the initial amount of interest that you received um and so I'm also I, I want to hear about that but I'm also curious um kind of how you feel that that interest has progressed through two seasons um kind of curious about like you know the amount of cyclical responses you're seeing if you've compared those at all um and then you know especially going into season two with real sports coming back and things like that um yeah do you mind touching on any of those things yeah
1: yeah absolutely I, I think the initial response as you mentioned was just ridiculous i would have never i would have never imagined that 350 i guess <laughs> 352 of us would have signed up in 40 hours to this yeah. fictional spreadsheet college basketball game that that no one really knew about I, I, it's funny because i saw a link for the sign up was shared on reddit and people were saying like i have no idea what this is but it seems fun so i'm in <laughs> and i think that's what a lot of people uh, a lot of people thought the same thing but uh, yeah I was pretty blown away with the initial response and I mean as I mentioned to other people on, on other podcasts to see the first few heat check sim accounts pop up and follow me it was just hilarious and uh, it's it's been really cool to see all of the collective interest in it I I would say that the number of I guess cyclical responses every week it has declined some which I, I was always expecting um, yeah I, I think that there's a really solid group of I want to say probably 200 250 people I know that's a pretty wide range but it, somewhere in that range of people who are consistently responding within the first 12 hours of the cycle every single time and uh, I mean there's there's a, obviously a variety of reasons why people can't respond and whether yeah. that's they don't see an email or, or whether like they're losing interest or what I mean that's that's obviously up to them and that's totally fine. And I, and I get that. Um, But I think I want to say it's probably still around at least 300 plus people who are consistently responding every single time. And uh, some people are, (laughs) some people are consistently responding within five minutes, every single cycle. (laughs) And that's just amazing to see. Uh, But I think I, I can give it a check right now. I think we're right around 250 people within the first eight hours have been able to hop into the Google group. So that, that gives me kind of a good indication of where we're at in terms of the, the people who are signed up for next season. But um, yeah, I think it, it, we've never had a full 352 response to any form. I don't believe, I think the highest it ever, I think the highest it's ever been is maybe 347 right at the start of the sim. And I mean, it's just kind of like everything. I mean, you'll see responses decline a little bit, but those 200, 250 people who are consistently, re- consistently replying, I think uh, their interest is as strong as it's ever been, or at least that's what my hope is.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I guess that's a kind of a good segue. So like how many coaches, if you, if you have like an estimate of how many coaches you think are like currently on the hot seat, meaning they haven't responded to the last few cycles at least, um, and then also how long uh,
1: would you estimate the wait list is? Um, I, I think the, the second question is easier. I want to say the waitlist uh, in total, I think we've had about 80 or 90 people, I think, have been on the waitlist. I think among people who are actively waiting on the waitlist, I think that's right around 10 or 12, I want to say. Okay. Um, and then for the first question, I think I would say it is probably something like maybe. Oh man it's it's tough to guess. I would I would have to pull up one of the spreadsheets to see yeah, no problem. where all the form responses are. And it's I mean at this point it's a matter of whether someone signs up through the Google group or not. That's kind of the the yeah. user renewal for season 3. So whatever that total is is what the total will be, but I would venture to guess that there's probably going to be some uh, vacant teams for a season three unless there's a, a spike in the waitlist forms and, and that's absolutely fine like I have no problem with it and I I built the game with the expectation that there was going to be right. computer-led teams because I thought that's what it was going to be all along so I kind of had the contingency plan for that and, um, and w- we'll see what happens but I think we're right around that number of probably somewhere between 275 to 300 people are, I would have, I would imagine are going to be signed up and we'll probably add in maybe another 10 or 15 to the wait list. But again, these are just estimations. So I, yeah. I really don't know what will happen in the next few days. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's interesting.
0: Um, I guess this might not be a bad time to kind of, I have a couple questions about like the uh, um, the process for, coaches that are choosing to switch schools um so you know I've read about you know kind of how the process works on the manual but you know this is my season two is the first season that I was involved in it so I haven't gone through this process before and I know there are others that are in the same boat um so so I know I know it's based uh, largely on you know the coaching score based on where you can go so is it if, if you're at a school that you know that's in like a lower prestige level are you are you likely to be able to jump multiple prestige levels um is it possible for you to end up at a job that's worse than the one you left um you know are you able to return to the school that you um chose to left if you test the waters or i'm just kind of curious about some of those things
1: yeah so the way that this works is and this form will go out sunday night so i i, I believe this will be your first taste of how this works but Uh, the way it works is you are given the option to either immediately return to your school that you had the previous season, or you have the choice to uh, either, I guess, as you mentioned, test the waters or, or leave your team completely. And what happens when you choose that latter option is uh, you're put in a pool of all of the coaches who chose the same thing, the, the coaches who chose not to return to their teams. And what I do is I, order those coaches from their coaching score, um, which is more or less uh, a score that kind of shows your activity within the sim, like making sure that you're responding to all the forms and also how successful you've been with things like uh, strength of record uh, versus your t- team roster talent. And um, like that's that's basically the gist of it. So kind of mm-hmm. balancing between what's your activity level versus how well you've done and the coaches are given the option to select up to 10 teams that they would be interested in coaching. And I have an option after that that says, if you are not able to join any of those teams, if, they, if none of those teams that you selected are vacant, you either have the option of uh, returning to your previous team, selecting a random team, or uh, leaving the sim entirely. So i have gotcha. kind of given the option up to the users of what they want to do. And uh, it's, it's provided some inter- interesting results this first off offseason. Uh, we did have some coaches who went from, I think, Power 5, Power 6 jobs and were able to move up into, uh, I want to say, an ACC job or an SEC job. So it can happen, uh, but in most instances, it's a numbers game just like it is with everything else, and um, yep. you're competing against the other people uh, in hopes of moving up the ranks and there's also been times where um, I had a conversation with some uh, I don't remember which team it was but I had a conversation with one of the coaches who uh, did, a, um, did a really good job season one I think he got his team to the tournament as an auto bid and won his playing game and he he left in hopes of as many other coaches would in hopes of going up to maybe a you know, maybe a Mount West A-10 job or even a power conference job. And he actually wound up with the team that was uh, by and large worse than the team that he had the previous (laughs) season. So it's a gamble. And uh, I think, I think most people, I don't remember what percentage was, but I want to say maybe like 80% of the people chose to return to their teams uh, in that first off season. I think a lot of people are invested in the, the whole roster uh, construction process and things like that. But, um, I mean, it's going to be a gamble whether you're at, whether you're leaving Duke or whether you're leaving Stephen F. Austin, you're kind of taking that risk and uh, that's kind of the process there. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic
0: breakdown. I, uh, like I said, yeah, it's my first time. So that's definitely helpful. Kind of gives me an idea of how I might attack that definitely planning on staying at Liberty uh, unless like I mentioned before unless Creighton opens up that's the one job that, <laughs> that I might be interested in i um, um, just like overall it sounds like you're overall um, satisfied with you know the results of the sim through the two seasons um, you know when it comes to, like March Madness there have been some good upsets some Cinderella stories the recruiting seems uh, pretty realistic there have been you know some uh, lower lower major schools that have landed some good uh, top level recruits which is good but it hasn't been like too crazy in, in that aspect. Um, you know, is there anything that you – like, are you pretty satisfied with the results you've seen, or is there anything you've noticed that you've been trying to tweak or
1: or anything like that? Yeah, I've been, I've been pretty satisfied with the results of the sim. I think the results portion as it relates to, like, final scores and, then, and March Madness and the national schedule, I think that's gone pretty well uh, in terms of replicating what an actual college basketball season looks like. Uh, yep. having power conference teams, occasionally losing by games, having some good upsets here and there, uh, not a complete parody disaster or anything like that. You don't have 16 yeah. seeds running one seats out of the building. So um, I think, I think in that regard, it's gone pretty well. I even think that March Madness has been more chalk in these two seasons. than it has been when I've run uh, the seasons on my own. I remember oh, I think, yeah, which is which is interesting, and that's kind of why I was I was I mean Michigan had an excellent team season one, so it makes perfect sense why they won the championship. But having the preseason number one team uh, in most <laughs> like in in most aspects, kind of rolling through the regular season, and the postseason, I was a little you know uh, weary there of how that would work out. But this past season, you had. North Carolina that had hiccups. You had Virginia yep. that uh, had an early exit. So I think it, in that regard, it, it pretty closely replicates what a college basketball season would look like. And then over on recruiting, I mean, that was, gosh, that was a, a process to put together. Uh, I can making imagine. Making sure that, I, it's, I mean, it's the, it's the balance of making sure that everyone kind of gets a slice of cake and a little bit of fun out of it, but also making sure that this universe is as realistic as I can make it. So, I mean, I feel for all the coaches who have gone over in, I mean, whether it's this season or whether it's both seasons. And I mean, there are a variety of reasons of why that would happen. But um, finding that balance is the most important thing between, I mean, obviously not everyone can be good. Not ev- not everyone can make it to the tournament every year or get a five-star recruit. But I mean, I, I don't want there to be necessarily teams that are going to go 0 and 28 and miss out on every recruit because that just I mean it's we don't need to have these huge wins if we're mid and low major schools but to have like little instances of building towards something I think is really fun and and it's part of what the process looks like but I think overall the sim's been running pretty well and I don't really have any intentions of, of tinkering anything with how game results are played or how the recruiting structure works because um, what I said from the start is how the results are played out is really uh, a, a product of how a team recruits and how a roster is built. So uh, I've been fairly pleased with how that's worked out.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think like from my perspective, everything was looked really good. Um, I think, and and to your point on the recruiting for the teams going over, you know, I think like from my experience, it looks kind of like the teams that are maybe struggling with recruiting, at least in season two, now that the crystal ball is, is available. It's, it might be the players that aren't active on Twitter or aren't active on discord, because um on those platforms. There's been a lot of discussion. On, there's been a lot of like collaboration in terms of kind of um, knowledge sharing to kind of get, give everyone a good understanding of how it's working. So, um, you know, obviously not everyone's on those platforms and that's totally fine, but um, I think the more they kind of if, if they're able to spend more time with that with that um tool and things like that I think that'll kind of even out too um I don't yeah, think I see players offering as many as many scholarships uh, and things like
1: that yeah and and the, the other thing with the sim which I mean a lot of this I guess a lot of the good things that have come from the sim were complete accidents like I I thought that crystal ball would just be kind of fun to see I didn't know that it would actually work itself pretty smoothly <laughs> into the strategy of the game because now mid and low major teams are able to to strategize if they're missing on a recruit, they're able to kind of double down and select a new player to offer. And so I think that really levels the playing field for some of those teams that have struggled to recruit. And um, the other thing with the sim is you can you, you can dedicate 10 seconds to fill out a form every week or you can spend hours looking at it. And yep. I, I think that's kind of what makes it diverse. And I think that's why a lot of people have joined is because it's, it really is what you make it. If you want to spend all sorts of time digging into it and, and creating spreadsheets and doing all those sorts of things, uh, absolutely. You're, you're welcome to do that. And a lot of people have taken that route. And um, I have people who, who just want to be the first one to this, to submit a form every week. And that's cool too. Cause it's, it's just kind of how you play the game and uh, how you want to spend that time. So. Uh, there are always things that I'll be trying to find that make that just make the sim uh, easier to use and easier for people uh, from all different backgrounds and interests to kind of uh, make this as enjoyable as it can be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, uh, yeah, I've just been
0: been impressed with, with everything has gone on. And like you said, the, uh, I it, it that point about, you know, you can spend 10 seconds on a cycle. That was kind of why I initially signed up just because when I, when I signed up or at least add my name to the wait list, it was kind of just, you know, I saw that in the, the manual as, you know, this can be a a quick thing. So I was like, you know, it's not gonna be a time commitment, even if, even if I end up not liking it. So that was kind of like the initial selling point for me. But then, you know, as I got into it, I got more and more interested in it, obviously. Um, So yeah, I mean, definitely, I, I do appreciate that fact that you you don't have to spend a lot of time to still be successful in the game. That, that makes it really unique and cool. Yeah. Um, and that's,
1: uh, and that's kind of the thing that I, again, wasn't really intending to do with the same when I initially started out, but um, the more and more I realized like you can, you can be pretty successful in this game. If you only spend 30 seconds a week and you can be really successful if you want to spend multiple hours a week. So that's, uh, again, that's kind of the dealer's choice on that one. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, uh, so I think, I think a lot of people at this point are probably curious to hear about, you know, season three and things like that. So, um, we can maybe dip our toes into that a little bit if you're willing. Um, I, you know, I, I saw on Twitter, I know other people have referenced it, that you mentioned previously that there could be some big changes or updates in store for season three. Um, if you're not, if you're not up to sharing anything for the, as it relates to those updates, you don't have to, but if, if there is anything you'd be willing to share, I'm, I'm sure the listeners will be curious.
1: Yeah, there are some things I'll share and I'll probably keep it pretty vague because I don't want to necessarily confuse anyone or, or, or create questions that will later be answered. But yeah. I, the main change or the main improvement to the game that I've been working on is uh, is relating to changes in prestige level. I've gotten that message several times and uh, I was initially kind of against that idea. I wanted the teams to remain where they were and just have teams kind of play up or down to their prestige level. But the more I thought about it, and, and especially listening to your podcast and other people talk, I mean, there have been instances of teams like you know Butler and Creighton and Wichita State and a lot of these programs that have truly gone from a low prestige team to a power conference power. And uh, and I think my goal at the end of the day is to try to replicate as much as I can what the college basketball season actually looks like to what the sim looks like. So I guess in short, what I've been working on is I'm creating uh, a system, which I guess um, I'll I'll try my best to explain this the best I can. But what it is, is I'm creating a system that kind of breaks down uh, fictitious finances for each program based on I guess more or less how well you are running that team and those finances dictate whether a team moves up or down a prestige. And what that means is we'll have different things like I'm I'm running Charlotte, for example, and I, I will be credited for winning games and having say a, a top 50 strength of record or having a top 50 recruiting class. And I will have negative expenses if I have a postseason ban or if I uh, don't meet the expectations that I set in the season. Um, Just a variety of different instances of uh, revenue gain and expenses lost. And uh, this, again, all being fictitious, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions you have initially about this, but what it does is it creates one number, Again, the a team's income, which shows more or less how well you are playing the game. And there's other things, of course, like how often uh, you are responding to forms, because uh, I always want to credit people who are being active. Um, and so what I'll be doing, I'm still ironing out several details, and I want this system to be as good as possible so there aren't uh, easy workarounds and there aren't people who are being uh I, I guess misled or um, I guess have a harder way of improving a prestige. Um, but what the, how this will work is teams again, will be uh, given, I guess, rewards or expenses and, and revenue and things like that, that all comes together and creates a final dollar number of how well you've performed each season. And those numbers will dictate whether a team would improve or decline at prestige level
0: wow yeah that that is fantastic that's exactly the update that i was hoping for i know like you said you listen to the podcast so you you know that's that's something i've been focused on especially leading a a prestige six team um kind of based on your initial explanation i think that makes a, a ton of sense and i would guess um and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would guess that you're, you're probably not going to be able to jump like multiple prestige levels in a season or anything. And I'm guessing it probably won't, won't be, um, you know, a one season thing where one really good season, you'll jump a prestige level, but um, you know, I would get, so from my perspective, just kind of based on the way you described it briefly, I would guess that it would be, you know, not necessarily something where you're seeing teams jump all over the place in terms of prestige, but um, I think just opening the door for teams to be able to do that is um, is is really really uh, good for the game because like I said previously I think just allowing teams especially the ones that lower uh, prestige schools the opportunity to move up um, kind of provides more incentive for them to stay at their schools
1: yeah definitely I think building the building a team can be really fun and that's a lot of the avenues that people have taken in this and I think I mean, we have things like wins and losses and, and strength of record and postseason results and things like that. But I think it would be really interesting. I mean, just like as someone would pull up to an arcade and try to hit the high score on a game, you kind of have that bottom line number uh, of how well you're doing within the sim. And uh, I think having that is, is pretty fun for a variety of reasons, because you can compare you know, how well you've done versus how well someone at a power conference school has done. And yeah, okay. that in itself will, will impact whether you I- increase or uh, decrease your prestige level. And it's not, I mean, it's not going to be the Wild West right off the bat. Like, I yeah, don't want yeah. from Prestige 6 to be Prestige 1. Because, again, that's not what not college basketball is like. It's not realistic. And, um, but having the opportunity, if you are doing well, if you are being active within the sim, I, I think that that should be rewarded and I think this is the best way to go about it. Um, so I'm, again, I'm still ironing out a lot of the details I want this system to work really well and be fair uh, for yeah. teams of all levels. Um, so that's what I've been mostly focused on. And and that's not the only thing that I've been working on. There are also some updates I'm making to the guide. Um, I'll be adding some things that don't necessarily have an impact on wins and losses or recruiting like, uh, I'm adding hometowns uh, onto a player bio. So I'm um, previously, we we're just getting the States. Now we also get the cities of where players are coming from. Uh, we'll have heights and weights for each player. Uh, I also have player faces, which I've been working on, oh, uh, wow. trying to get, uh, like a little player, uh, just a little bit more, a little bit more info to people who are playing the game and, um, I, I don't want to make any unfulfilled promises on this one because it will take some time and effort, but I'm really trying to establish at least a basic stats system for the game. So seeing what players are scoring, each eight players are scoring on a nightly basis and also possibly adding rebounds and assists and other stats onto that. So we'll see what happens with that one. And um, my my big focus of course is getting that financial system set up and for the prestige, but um, little additions here and there will hopefully make the game just a bit more fun.
0: No, that's, that's awesome. I mean, all,
1: all the way around all sounds like great
0: ads. I appreciate you, you know, breaking some of that stuff on this, on this podcast, if you will. But um, no, I think like, like you mentioned the basic stat system, I, I know I've seen and heard other people. I'm um, really You know, dial in on this as something they want to see, and and I mentioned previously, like for me, it's not the biggest thing because it's not necessarily you know something that uh, adds any level of strategy to it. But I think uh, I think it does add you know just more depth to it. Kind of gives you a little more information that's fun to run with. So um, yeah, I mean, definitely understand that that could be something that would take a long time to put together and uh, wouldn't expect it to be um, you know available right off the bat, but to know that that's something that you're, that you're thinking about doing at least is, is, um, you know, encouraging, I'm sure some people will be excited to hear that. Um, but no, I I'm going back to that, uh, jumping prestige levels. I'm super excited about that. Um, I, I based on your initial explanation of it, I didn't realize that the, uh, um, this, the kind of, you know, income score, if you will, was going to be, uh, you know, public. And so I think that is another fun element to it. Like you said, to be able to compare it to other people, um, it's. It also sounds like a little similar to the coaching score, but sounds like it's going to incorporate a lot of a lot more um, aspects of the sim and and kind of how you're performing to to come get to that to arrive at that number. So. Um,
1: yeah, well, yeah, it'll it'll pretty much replace what the coaching score is, and I initially meant to make that public, and I guess I just never got around to it. Like I have the info on my spreadsheets, but. I just never got around to posting it and, and making that make sense. But I think it just makes more sense to, instead of having those things separate, just kind of make an all in one stat that really breaks down how well everyone's doing. So this will, this will replace the coaching score, uh, which I think will make a lot of people happy because it's kind of been an invisible number that no one really knows, but knows exists. Uh, yeah. So this will be in place and um it, again it's not going to it's not going to be massive changes overnight for teams prestige levels we won't see anything crazy but if you're doing a good job you'll be promoted and if if you're not active and, or your team's really been struggling or haven't been recruiting uh, then that will have the opposite effect so I'm excited to see it play out and this is I mean pretty much everything that I'm doing within the sim now is uncharted waters and none of this stuff yeah. I did when, I was just messing around with it uh, pre-COVID. So we'll see how it happens, but I'll be doing plenty of trial and error. And um, to be honest, like I, of course, didn't intend for it to go this way with the whole Google situation, but this has bought me some time to work on this a bit more and, and brainstorm some ideas. So it's all in all, I think uh, having a few days off for you guys, I think will, will be good for me and uh, to have this, this set up for what should be a really fun season three. Awesome. Yeah, I, and, and kind of going on, you know I, know,
0: I know you've probably seen, you know, a bunch of the other ideas that you, you didn't touch on right now. Um, and so just, you know, like things like um, the addition of CBI and CIT postseason tournaments. I know people have mentioned, um, you know, um, the Monmouth head coach on our uh, interview podcast episode, he, he mentioned, you know, having an influence on the number of minutes players play. Um, and then the other one I was interested in was the, the one where potentially creating harsher penalties for schools that get caught recruiting dirty, or maybe having like levels of punishments, depending on how dirty you chose to play Are those things that you, you know, are, are kind of outside your, um, outside your like abilities to put together at this point, or is it just kind of stuff that you, you don't, you don't feel are as important or kind of, you know, I'm just kind of trying to get an idea of. Like things that are possible within what you're doing on your side.
1: Yeah, I would say that uh, an additional postseason tournament could absolutely happen. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll probably give that some thought. But I would not be opposed to adding another postseason tournament onto it. Uh, if the, I didn't know that that many people would have interest in it, I know like at least my circle of uh, college basketball writer friends. A lot of them aren't aren't big fans of the CBI and CIT, which is Understandable with March Madness and even NIT yeah. going on, but it makes sense with the sim because I mean, especially season one, just knowing that two thirds of the entire sim group is just kind of hanging around for a week or so. There is that dead period and um, that could lead to people kind of losing interest and stuff. And um, so I, I do think that could be in the works um, as far as the postseason season that, I don't plan on having harsher penalties because uh, not reaching the postseason is one, but I, I also plan on attaching a financial number to gotcha. the postseason ban, which, uh, of course, leads its way to whether or not you get promoted a Prestige. Uh, so that, that has a penalty with it, and that info will probably dictate how people want to run their program because they're obviously... Tons of, pros, tons of pros and cons of doing it either way. Um, but I guess the big thing for me now is figuring out how I want to kind of wait. what's happened these past two seasons, knowing that no one, including myself, really knew that this right. was going to be the route that I chose. Because like, obviously I want to credit the people who have done a really good job through two seasons, but I also don't want to... Hurt the people who might have had might have gone with a completely different strategy had they known that this right. system would have been in place. So that I'm I'm figuring out, and I'll I'll continue to look into uh, these coming days and weeks. And um, I think that I'm I'm open to plenty of ideas. I think it's really cool to see the different things that people come up with. Um, most things I would say are are fairly possible. I think the one that or the one topic that is always going to be a challenge and uh, I, I want it to be part of the sin but it's just it's so difficult is anything that deals with conference expansion or league-wide expansion of bringing m- more teams in because yeah. it just it completely it completely messes the whole Sudoku that I've set up with, <laughs> yeah. the whole national schedule and uh man that that would be tough and I mean the the 352 number uh, a lot of people don't know this but the reason that I have that 352 number of total teams is because that easily allows each team to play in one of those early season tournaments because you have eight times 44 that equals 352 I believe um and so that's it's easy math right there and as soon as we mess with you know total conference members that's why realignment is set up the way it is uh it just makes things really challenging so um i i hear everyone when they when they talk about you know more conference games or uh, more teams in conference or more teams in the sim i hear you but it's just it's it would be a huge challenge for me to do that
0: yeah no i definitely definitely don't intend to try to you know create more work for you or anything on your end i think you know, some of those ideas were just things that if I didn't ask you, I think people would have been, uh, you know, d- uh, disappointed at least to not hear your perspective on it. So hmm. um, definitely, yeah, definitely appreciate, you know, that insight. And um, like I said, there's nothing, you know, glaring within the game that needs to be corrected or anything. So anything that you uh, update or provide at this point is just gravy as far as I'm concerned.
1: I appreciate um, that.
0: Yeah. Um, um, okay, I've got a couple questions from a couple of different coaches that I talked to um, that were had, had some questions that they were curious to hear your perspective on. Um, one was about um, recruiting. Um, so he, he was wondering if there were factors that go on kind of behind the scenes on your end that weight um, a recruits interest in attending a certain school. So obviously from our perspective, we have the ability to, you know um, choose a, a higher recruiting emphasis versus a development emphasis we can choose to be cl- uh, cleaner or dirtier things like that um, but is there anything are there like factors on the recruit side that you know kind of have or would have them lean a certain way in terms of where they would want to go like you know if they want to go to a winning program or they want to play early on or um, they want um, to go to you know school in their state or anything like that is there anything on kind of behind the scenes
1: like that that exists uh y- yeah there there are a few things the first one is I mean each player I mean I, I could have just made random numbers now, now I think of it in hindsight but each player has two random numbers when they're when they're recruited I guess when when they're created they have two random numbers um and those numbers act as what their preference is for facilities and what the preference is for academics. And, and, and like, as it relates to the SIM, this really doesn't mean anything because what it is doing is it's just creating more randomization for where recruits choose to go to school. So you might have a recruit that has like no interest in going to a place that has good academics or good facilities, just, just for example. And yep. so he would have less interest in going to, a team say like Duke that has really good academics and and a really good facility. And, and that's not, that is no strategy because each of the, each of the recruits have completely randomized variables for that. So, um, all it does is it creates more randomness so that you don't have a team that has 10 recruits and a team that has zero recruits, because again, that's just not really how I want it to set up. But, um, as far as the things that impact where a recruit goes, I mean, I've I think I've laid out most, if not all, of them. You yeah. have your your offseason budget, which of course has a huge impact. Um, one that I guess is a little bit lesser known is how many players you have returning at each position, which is uh, one of the reasons why Arizona has done such a good job this past recruiting cycle. Uh, and why a lot of people are kind of confused by how they've been able to get so many high recruits, but they didn't have many players returning. They, uh, I'm sure they don't, they don't mind that I give them this information, but they had pretty much everything turned up to the maximum in terms of improving their likelihoods of getting recruits. And at the end of the yep. day, if you have your best situation is to have integrity all the way down your recruiting and high school or Juco emphasis all the way up and have zero players from your given position group returning like that, that in itself is the best way to improve your chances of getting a recruit. And um, that's why they've been successful. I think a lot of people have figured that out as well. Uh, If you try to recruit a player when you either don't have much recruiting emphasis or, uh, you are trying to get a player when you already have three or four players at the same position returning. Um, there there are a lot of factors that go into it, and that's mostly because I want it to be random and I want players or I want teams to get uh, recruits, whether you're a high major program or a low major program. But um, there's, there's always things that you can do to kind of improve your chances. And, of course, the crystal ball as well. Like that, as I mentioned earlier, that's not something I – Originally intended to have a big strategy aspect of the game, but I think it helps a lot of people adjust with where your offers are going and improving their chances. So um, I, I hear you if you've been struggling in recruiting, but are there avenues to improve in recruiting? Yes. I mean, there's always going to be uh, ways that you can either improve your emphasis, lower your integrity if you want to do that, or kind of adjust where your offers are going.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I, I appreciate the insight about, you know, those two random numbers, the ones related to facilities and academics preference um, because based on kind of the way um, it's set up from our end where we get, you know, to choose how, how hard we're recruiting and things like that. I was kind of under the impression that if I um, offered the same player as, you know, let's say Radford on, on the crystal ball and they were ahead of me, I figured that basically any player that Radford was ahead of me on, I wouldn't be able to get. Um, I did later learn about that returning uh, position aspect of it. Uh, return, yeah, the players at different positions returning. Um, but I think, yeah, the, that insight about the facilities and academics preferences for the players is super helpful moving forward to know that, you know, you might have a chance to land a player that has a preference um, at a diff- for a different school you know, things like that. So,
1: um, yeah, it's, def- it's yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely
0: that.
1: yeah, it's uh it's mostly, as I mentioned for randomness, because I, I want that to be, uh, I, I wanted the recruiting aspects to be realistic, but also don't want, you know, have certain teams, just raking in all of the recruits while other teams are left out. And I mean, that's, uh, I haven't done a particularly good job with recruiting at Charlotte, because I've, I mean, I've lost out on several offers to schools that are lower prestige, but I've also beaten out a couple power conference teams for certain guys. So it fluctuates a lot. And that, again, reflects what college basketball is like. Um, and it's not really something that I plan on tinkering anytime soon, because I think the system works pretty well, if you understand how it works. I mean, if, again, if you're, if you're a low prestige school and you're offering a guy who is a five star that has 20 offers, I, I just, I, I, I really just can't help you. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if you are willing to kind of adjust your strategy and play with the cards you're dealt, um, maybe instead of offering that five star, you go and you try to offer the, the three star who has good development and only has a couple of offers. Like that's, that's really good strategy. And that's why, those types of coaches are able to, to really do a good job. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate all the insight there for sure. And I'm sure, yeah,
0: that'll be interesting to, to the listeners as well. Uh, I I got a question from another coach about, you know, that, that scale for recruiting clean versus dirty and kind of, you know, I don't want you to be specific here, but, you know, kind of the likelihood of getting caught if you're choosing anything other than, completely clean i I think the general assumption is that if you're choosing to be entirely clean that you won't get caught or you won't get you know you won't get any punishments at all i don't know that to be true but i think that's the general assumption um and but i have heard of i believe i've heard of uh teams who chose you know to be right in the middle there that that did get postseason bans um to me like that makes sense but i think uh, i think there were people that were kind of surprised that they did get did get caught choosing where they where they did so um you know i guess the question there is more like are you safe if you choose to play like all the way clean or or is there still a possibility that you could get caught
1: yeah if, doing if something? you yeah if you choose full integrity you have zero percent of getting caught there's no okay. postseason ban if you go full integrity um but that is not a guarantee with any of the other uh, choices okay. you, you can make there so it is a scale. Um, honestly, off the top of my head, I don't remember what the percentages is, but it is a percentage base. Say yeah. if you're if you're a low integrity, you have a certain percentage, and, and so on. But uh, yeah, full integrity is the only one that guarantees that you will not have a postseason ban. Um, and it's it's just a scale there, and your obviously your chances of getting the ban improve as your uh, integrity decreases. Um, and and plenty of the programs who were dealt a postseason ban at least these past few seasons were uh, users who didn't fill out that form for the budget, which is kind of kind of ironic at, uh, that that's <laughs> is what happened. But I mean, it, it makes sense in that I mean, if you do leave the door open a little bit, you're trying to kind of push the envelope a little bit, you can get caught. Uh, yep. And choosing full integrity is the only way to avoid that completely.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I and kind of going back to your previous point related to the the idea of having harsher punish punishments for p- players that are playing dirty. I think um, your explanation of you know it's going to be incorporated into that new income item. I think that basically is you know your way of of creating that harsher punishment that people have referred to. Um, I think as long as you know people are aware of that fact that it that it could hurt their ability to move up or down in prestigials I think it really would, um, you know, have some impact on, on what they choose to do. And so I think, you know, even you just sharing it here, um, hopefully will kind of, you know, make people think twice about that. Cause I think there was kind of a growing concern that basically if you didn't, if you didn't feel like you had a chance to make the NCAA tournament that you would just, everyone would just automatically play dirty, um, because they don't really have anything to lose. But I think with the way you're, you're kind of transitioning it, I think, I think that does provide added incentive to keep, you know, playing with full integrity and, um, and, you know, moving forward in that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, to be quite honest, that's how I played the first couple of seasons to uh, the first season I had planned on, I hopefully at the very least competing for uh, March Madness and that didn't come to fruition. So, I chose that first season to go full integrity and cause I didn't want to risk, you know, missing out on a potential shot of making the tournament and uh, season two, I knew I was going to be bad and I just decided to go low integrity to try to improve my chances of recruiting. And I didn't get caught. I got a couple recruits so that's <laughs> kind of, that is kind of the, the, the chance you take there. But I do think now, uh, just having the possibility of improving a prestige and having that penalty that's associated with the postseason ban, I do think that will adjust the strategy. But the interesting thing that I've noticed from the offseason budget forms is that it's pretty much been right down the line in terms of average. Like the average for pretty much oh, all, those, uh, all of those, uh, all of those choices that you can make in the offseason budget is right around anywhere between 2.9 and 3.1 and that case applies for uh, for recruiting for your integrity Uh, the only one I would say is a is a bit higher than the others is um, the the weight towards recruiting high score JUCOs as opposed to transfers I think most people like to recruit high score juco players instead which makes sense but uh, most of those are, are right down the line, which is kind of fun because you have a lot of different styles that, that play into yeah. it. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens now with having this uh, this income uh, system in place. I'll have to come up with a name for this, but uh, <laughs> uh, having that in place to kind of see what the strategy changes. I think some people are still going to go full on head first, trying to get the best players they can. And, uh, if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, it, it can lend its way to some pretty harsh penalties. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah,
0: you know, I, I feel like I could talk, uh, you know, heat checks in with you like all day, but I'm going to try to cut it, cut it a little shorter here, but, um, so, I mean, we can, we can always talk Charlotte sometime in the future. I, the one thing I will say about you, you running Charlotte is I appreciate the fact that, you know, you chose a team that was kind of middle tier. I can, I can see, I can see why you would do that. Even if maybe this wasn't your initial thought process, I can see why maybe as the creator you wouldn't want to choose a team that's, you know, top tier. Um, just, just if I don't know if you, if it would look great if you know the creator of the game is winning the the simulation every other year or something like that. So I can understand it. I don't know if that was your intention. Um, you know, I, I know you've talked about it a little bit on on other podcast appearances, but um definitely do appreciate that
1: yeah that's uh i mean charlotte's a fun team i i really didn't have that much interest in the program until i was out at sporting news and i was able to go to a couple games there and growing up and going to university of washington i'm more accustomed to kind of the what the power conference program is is like and uh, kind of understanding that process but seeing a mid-major school i, I love mid-major basketball Uh, it's, it's really fun and exciting at all different sorts of levels. But I mean, as you mentioned there, I, I initially had very little interest in even having a team. And after talking to a few other people and asking me which team I was, I kind of budged on that and decided that Charlotte was kind of the fun in between. But um, yeah, I, I would much, if I can boil this down, I would much rather have other people go to the tournament than myself, just because I think there are a lot of people here who really want that and have that as the ultimate goal. I, I just hope that uh, on my end, that, that uh, there are no big errors or things like that. Like w- when I have a cycle that goes out with no errors and no big questions or anything like that, <laughs> that's my, that's my big win for the season. So uh, I mean, it's, it's a fun program and it's, it's uh, kind of that in between of kind of, the power conference aspect competing in the conference USA, which is a, it's, which is a decent league, but yeah. also a team that will have struggles competing against. I mean, I don't know how many times I've lost out on a recruit to Duke or Kentucky or Georgia, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. So we'll see what happens with it. Definitely. Um,
0: yeah. So I guess at this point, if there's anything else, you know, you'd like to say or share with the heat check, uh, Sim community, I, I'll kind of give you that opportunity here. I feel like we've pr- probably covered, you know, at this point, I feel like everything you, that there is that you'd want to share. But if there is anything else that comes to mind, um, you know, here's your opportunity.
1: Yeah, I, uh, well, I, at first, I appreciate everyone who's been supportive of it uh, to this to this point so far. I would have never guessed that this is where we would be at. I would have never guessed that I would be on a podcast podcast about this <laughs> if that wasn't mine. So this is this is really fun. Uh, been really cool meeting a lot of people who I didn't previously know. Uh, to just to talk college basketball or talk about the sim, So that's really fun. Um, as far as the sim itself, I, I do feel like we covered a lot of ground on this and uh, my main focus is now for the next couple of weeks, making sure everything is, is good with the forms and making sure the off season goes smoothly and kind of incorporating the things that we mentioned. Uh, and then the other big thing for me is updating the instruction manual, which I haven't touched probably since june 1st so i need to <laughs> i need to update that quite a bit uh in hopes of answering some of the questions that people might have but uh hopefully that solves that and as always people have questions I'm, I'm happy to answer them but i'll try to get all that done uh so that people have uh, as few questions as possible yeah no, yeah that's
0: that's great um and then yeah i guess that, that leads itself perfectly to you know if there's um, if you want to give people a chance to, uh, or I guess let people know where they can find you on Twitter or um, plug anything from your site, you know, I'll give you that that opportunity here as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, you can follow our work at HeatCheckCBB I know a lot of people have have hopped on and followed us because of the sim, but we we do cover college basketball. Uh, <laughs> that's that's always going to be the number one thing that we do. And uh, we're, we're obviously crossing our fingers to hopefully get a season going underway here soon. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, we got a lot of good writers there producing good content. If you want to subscribe, you can do that either for free and get our weekly newsletter or you can subscribe for $5.99 a month, uh, which gives you some SIM written content. Uh, it'll give you some extra info about the SIM. We'll have a couple premium articles every week. Uh, we think it's pretty sweet. So hopefully other people do too. Um, and then as always questions or comments or concerns or anything like that, you can direct, uh, towards email, uh, where we send out the forms, he check at gmail.com, uh, or on Twitter at he check I, I try to do the best of making sure that I stay up to date and get back to people as quickly as I can. So if you have any questions or anything like that, feel free to reach out. Yeah,
0: definitely. I, I've definitely been, you know, trying to encourage people to, to subscribe to the, the site. I, you know, I'm not getting like any push from you to do that. That's completely on my own accord just because, you know, I've enjoyed the content that's there. And I think, um, you know, for those that are enjoying the sim, um, you know, it's, it's another great place for more basketball content, but it's also does give you additional information for the sim as well.
1: Um, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, I, I never wanted I never do want the sim to just be like a paid thing. I don't. I don't want this to be a money grab or have people feel like they have to pay money to sign up. But if you do want to uh, get more info about the sim or just get more great written content from our staff, then uh, then that's definitely a great avenue. Awesome.
0: Well, yeah, Eli, I can't thank you enough for you know putting the sim together and and um, all the work you do on on the site. And uh, thanks, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much. This is, this is really fun. Awesome. Thanks. Before we close, I wanted to provide a quick update on what's to come throughout the next week of the heat check SIM. This will probably sound pretty familiar as it is essentially the same update as we ended the previous episode with, but first, if you haven't already, make sure to go look for the most recent email from the heat check CBB Gmail account and accept the invite to the group within in order to be able to receive future cycle forms as explained by Eli during our conversation. As for what's coming in the next week, on August 31st, the Retaining Coaches form will go out, which will allow you to indicate whether you want to stay with your current school or test the waters and see if the grass really is greener on the other side of the fence. On September 2nd, realignment proposals will be available. Remember, you will need to match prestige level and region with the team you are trying to switch conferences with in order to have a successful realignment proposal. And on September 4th, roster trimming and draft declarations will take place, and we will have the ability to make offers to players in the transfer portal. As a reminder, I provided a roster retention breakdown in the pilot episode of the podcast, and Radford's head coach provided a fantastic breakdown on draft declaration trends within the previous episode of the podcast that should help give you an idea if you're in danger of losing any players to the NBA draft. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter at HCSimShow please feel free to send in any comments or questions and I'll do my best to incorporate my responses into future episodes. I'm looking forward to bringing you another episode next week and as always, simulator.